Live from Guttercat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hey, yo, what is going on? It is good to be here with everyone. Uh, we've got a special show tonight. Today's guest is a friend that I met through the Crazy Carl Collective. He's an NFT photographer that has constantly put relationships first in the Web3 space. Today, he's coming to us from Poland and Ukraine on the ground between borders, helping bring supplies in and refugees out of the war-stricken country. He asked for some time to chat about what him and his team are up to to help spread the word to the Web3 community about what's going on. And I'm so glad he did. And I'm excited for him to join us today. Michael, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, it's nice to hear your voice. I, you know, I had said that in my message to you. But, you know, I, had, I hadn't heard uh, the crazy Carl voice in a long time. So it's, it's really good to hear it again. Hell yeah. Yeah, hopefully uh, the... Uh, playing the intro is always nostalgic if you listen to multiple episodes too it just like makes you feel feel uh back at the beginning of of uh everything but but i want to talk a lot about what's been going on uh with you and i think it's um i think it's important to kind of check in uh to what's happening um in the world especially with what's happening in ukraine which is really just challenging the world order of peace and uh, and it's really sad to see that we're in the spot uh, and really a challenge to Web3. And Web3 has uh, kind of stepped up to the plate, um, especially in the first week and raised so much money to kind of help give support. But, uh, the, you know, money goes so far and, and there's people out there that are actually the ones really making the difference that are able to use those supplies and kind of take materials across. And you're you're out there doing that. And I just... Uh, uh, I'd love for you to kind of chat about what made you want to go out there. What, how did this all came about uh, to kind of get us started? Yeah, I mean, the evolution of of you know, I mean, the the war starting, and I I have no real personal uh, ties to Ukraine. I know a lot of Ukrainians just by virtue of you know being a photographer in the fashion industry and having worked with. Ukrainian designers and models. I have quite a few Ukrainian friends who were in Ukraine at the time. Um, but generally, that isn't, you know, an impetus, I think, to like, you know, sort of throw, <laughs> throw your life completely uh, to the side and, and fly to uh, the, you know, other side of the world, I guess. But um, I, as you know, like day two of the war, you know, like, just seeing kind of what was happening and talking to my friends that were on the ground there, I really just was having a difficult time, just, you know, being in New York and not doing anything. Uh, and I'd always, I've done a lot of sort of photojournalism over the years, but never anything quite like, you know, covering a conflict or a war. Um, but I have some friends, uh, one friend in particular, um, who does do that and he has he has former military experience you know done multiple deployments that sort of stuff with a fairly specialized unit in the marines and i called him up and uh you know he's like robbie uh i assume you're going over there and he's like yep i'm like you know would i be able to come with you uh you know and kind of learn 
how to do conflict photography and you know be in a war zone and stuff like that it's like yeah gave me a list of things i needed to get you know plate carrier body armor helmet that sort of stuff um took me a little longer to do that so my original plan really was to go in as i guess as his you know shadow to learn from him because the last thing you want to do in a war is be a liability and create a situation where you know you get hurt and then other people have to come and you know potentially get hurt themselves and get you out and going in with an experienced person it's a little smarter but um so that that was kind of the the idea in new york uh and then you know i finally got the and i got out here about i guess day five or six of the war is when i landed in poland and when i landed in poland everything you know <laughs> for the first time in 10 years i i had traveled um i had to check a bag i never check luggage uh, but I, I didn't know how to travel with body armor and my camera equipment and you know sort of like the gear that you would need to live in a war zone <laughs> so they had lost my bag uh and that's that's kind of when you know everything you know, Murphy's law, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And that just became my life <laughs> and kind of has been, but it not in a bad way, I guess. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that was like the first, you know, five days, I guess, was like trying to prepare to get out here and having maybe, a you know, misconception of doing this, you know, cool war photographer thing yeah um, yeah so once you got out there did, were you able to meet up with him and, and did you get your luggage and stuff back or uh, uh did you have to get all new stuff and uh what, no, what was kind of the because i know you're out there with a, a some sort of team right you're with a few other people with your van yeah yeah so you know he ended up because of just how bad things went the original plan was to meet up in poland he was going to wait a couple days and then we were going to go into kiev together and he just you know he understood what was happening so you know michael i got to get in there fast um you know i was like all right i understand uh you know and i was already in route so uh he went in without me and that sort of meant like okay i need to form another plan um you know, and then I lost a day, day and a half, you know, waiting for this uh, bag. And I just kind of uh, opened myself up to like, you know, just, okay, let's, I'm in Warsaw. I, you know, was like, okay, I'm going to go to the border first. And then I'll probably try and make my way to Lviv, um, which is a Western city where there, you know, a lot of the refugees were staging to then try to get across the border. And so I had to go to uh, Krakow, which, you know, was then the next major city on the way down to the border crossing I was heading for. And there I met a, a young guy from Chicago and he, you know, was just another person, you know, he's in his late twenties and he was sitting around and he, he couldn't, he couldn't stand the idea of not doing anything, so he bought 
ticket, got out here. We linked up and we ended up going down to the border and working at one of the refugee camps together. And that's when we just sort of first started to, you know, kind of learn about the process of like being in this kind of environment and trying to find like, okay, where, you know, can I be of most value? And really it's just about stripping yourself of any ego or like uh, conception of like, it's my plan. You just have to be open to, to do whatever it is that you need to do in that moment mm-hmm. uh, to be useful. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you've got a, um, it, it does sound like your kind of, uh, your like vision of what it was going to be like once you were in New York versus like how it all went down completely changed and shifted. But I love, uh, the fact that you, like you said, you like, you just, um, you're just in that, you have to be in the moment constantly trying to figure out what service you can provide. Do you see a lot of, um, have you run across a lot of people that are just out there um, because of similar situations where they just felt like they needed to help um, from Europe and, and obviously like America all over the world, just people trying to get out to Poland to help out? Yeah, you, you run into, and I mean, you know, like honestly, you know, God bless everybody that, you know, comes out here, you know, wanting to help. Um, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of those um, people kind of turn around rather quickly once they realize, you know, what they're getting into or they came out here thinking that they were going to, you know, capture Kiev by themselves. And then they realize that they would have to sign essentially a contract that stated that, you know, they would have to stay in the Ukrainian armed forces until the war was over. And that could unfortunately be you know many many months or even years um and then you meet people that are you know just willing to do you know like sweep a floor at a refugee camp and so there's a whole gamut of people and you know i think most people are you know really just coming because they want to they want to help and they want to make a difference even if their you know original ideas are, are maybe somewhat misaligned um you know, I met a couple people that, you know, had come from various parts of the world and they really thought that they were going to be, you know, storming, you know, the Russian front lines and they adapted to the reality and they went and, they, and you know, a lot of the work is not sexy or glamorous or cool. You know, I mean, it's literally like you're struggling to comprehend what people are saying if you don't speak the languages and you're sleeping, you know, you're sleeping on the floor for an hour maybe you know you're you know it's just a lot of like grunt work in a way but it's necessary work yeah did you um i'm curious well when you so you you got there and you were helping at uh like a refugee camp tell me a little bit about uh from that time once you got there and then um because i know you ended up getting into going into ukraine so what kind of made that shift i know you talked about the guy you met from uh chicago did you guys meet up and just meet other people and kind of formed a crew and figured out what needed to go in or go out or tell me a little bit about how you ended up taking supplies in and trying to get refugees out yeah so it well so uh jay and i the guy from chicago we you know after doing some work down at the border he shifted into 
he had rented a vehicle. So he fairly quickly got into, there's a, a, a great need, especially in the beginning weeks, there's just so many people coming over the border and it's nonstop and the buses are overcrowded, the trains are overcrowded. And there's a lot of families that have, you know, some, you know, very elderly or, you know, like uh, people with them or and babies. And so there's a, there was a great amount of people who had vehicles that were just, you go down to the, one of the major border crossings and you say Warsaw and then, you know, 50 people run up to you trying to get in your car and you sort of learn that the, the people in the back are the ones that aren't as healthy or able. And you kind of learn how to navigate and find the people that really need the ride the most. And you end up just driving 18 hours a day. Uh, and that's what, you know, my friend Jay that I made, he was doing in the beginning and I ended up, um, after a couple of days down at the border, going back to Krakow, uh, or Krakow, I guess is how you say it. But, um, and, uh, you know, I was like, okay, I need to find a little bit of like, set up a little bit of a base so I can store some gear. I need to rent my own car so I can also transport people. And in the process of doing that, I got connected with another photographer from New York who was Polish though. And she had met these two Polish guys, um, you know, a little bit younger than myself, you know, early thirties. And they had been driving in across the border, which you can't do that in a rental car because, you know, for sort of safety reasons, because you, you need to sort of be able to verify who people are, um, you know, w when you're crossing the border. So it has to be like, you know, an owned vehicle. Um, they had been driving in and getting people out across the border and be bringing supplies in. And I, so I got linked up with them and I did. So I went over the border for the first time with them doing just that. And I was at this point had some, you know, some funding from, you know, my, uh, uh, you know, friends and, you know, family that had donated some money. So I was able to help fill up the car with supplies and some, you know, sort of non-lethal military equipment which is you know like boots gloves you know originally very uh plates are the thing that go in a plate carrier which is your body armor and it's uh that's gold down here unfortunately but so you just kind of just try to fill up the car to you know every inch and you know you spend all your money <laughs> And uh, you go in and then, you know, we're pretty tapped into a lot of different networks. So you just try to find the most vulnerable and the people in the most need and you fill up your car and you come back out. Um, so how many people are you able to kind of transport in your car? I imagine you try to get as many people in as possible. Yeah, but you also have to, you know, even given the circumstances, you would think you could just you know, pile people in there, but you, it, you know, you gotta have a seatbelt for every, every person and you gotta, you know, sort of respect the laws. And then, you know, something that, you know, like you, you, you really do have to take response, you know, like you, people are putting their lives in your hands when you're doing this, especially, um, I mean, you know, Lviv is really, you know, very safe. I mean, it, it, it did get bombed 
uh, multiple times the other day, but like relatively speaking for what's happening, it's, it, it's very safe. But once you're, once you're going further East and especially if you're going, you know, uh, up towards Kiev or, you know, uh, you know, toward Dnepro, which is, you know, very far in the East near, uh, kind of near, uh, Kharkiv and, uh, Mirapool and stuff like that, you know, the, there, there's a, a a lot more risk involved just with the amount of travel time and you know random bad luck so you you really got to be careful so you know your your maximum is you know dependent on how many people are coming with you and unfortunately um you know like you you need a driver you need a translator and you know i occupy a seat unfortunately but there's the value of my being able to document the experience and then use that material to hopefully tell a story and, you know, raise more money. And, you know, so I've been kind of funding um, most of this uh, through, I mean, I, I, I basically wiped myself out financially in the first two weeks. And then, you know, then I've been, you know, fairly well funded through, just my like Instagram. And then, you know, this is the last couple of days is really my first foray into tapping into Twitter because I just hadn't had the bandwidth, but um, you know, so sometimes you, you, you know, we'll do light, you know, smaller trips, which is just Lviv to the border and you can uh, eliminate, uh, you know, me from the car. And then you can also eliminate the translator because there's no, you don't have to worry about military checkpoints the way you do if you're going deeper into the country. And that way you can sort of maximize uh, your space. But then we've gotten into the, you know, the rhythm now where we, you know, can borrow multiple cars. And, you know, the big thing now is, okay, we're raising money, more money again, and we're just going to start buying vehicles because we've been at this point borrowing them, um, which is, you know, another drain on time. Um so, you know, for a couple thousand bucks, we can get a fairly reliable van out here, uh, you know, because the dollar goes a long way. And, you know, then we'll just be able to be doing this much more efficiently and have more teams. That's awesome. I think um, one thing I was curious about, because obviously there are a lot of uh, there's so many different organizations and no amount of money is probably ever enough, uh, especially in wartime. But it, are there um, are there avenues like at the like uh, organizations that are setting up that you uh, come in touch with through these refugee camps and stuff where you can uh, request that you need funding through like these larger umbrella organizations? That's something that we need to, <laughs> we need to figure out. Um, and maybe that's something where the, the Twitter community can, uh, you know, come, come together. It's, um, I, I actually had a, a very interesting meeting today with some people, um, that have a, a lot of experience in a variety of, uh, very relevant fields, I guess, for a war. Uh, and they might be able to help out with some of that, but there's, you know, I guess sort of one aspect of how I ended up in the place where I am is that the larger NGOs and organizations that are out here, they have, they're doing amazing work in most cases, probably. And I, I, I'm not, 
you know, on the inside of those. So I can't really say anything good or bad, but I, I do know that they're a little bit slower to respond and they don't always have the most accurate information and they can't re adapt to needs as quickly as some of the smaller organizations or, you know, sort of teams, I guess, that like I have where, you know, we get, you know, a text message or a phone call from our guy who is literally driving into Mirapol, not anymore, unfortunately, but or Kharkiv or some of like the really bad areas. And they're like, they really need this like now. But when you go onto the, you know, sort of uh, distribution lists or the internet or the, you know, things that people are posting, like, oh, they need sanitary products. And it's like, actually they need infrared drones and they need night vision and they need, um, you know, tourniquets. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot of, you know, in the early days, everyone was like, oh my God, they need clothing and they need all this stuff. And then you go to the refugee camps and there's literally like 20 foot piles of clothing. Like there was so much clothing because everyone's like sending their old clothes. And it's really, you know, great that people want to help, but a lot of it was ineffective. And, um, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you what you think and what in reality, there's also, I mean, in certain uh, like war scenarios or where like distribution centers are disrupted and, and people just need to like kind of figure out how to live daily life. But this is, um, I mean, this is much more killing innocent people for no reason. And that's something like we don't see as often uh, on this massive scale with such a uh, kind of super power weaponry uh and so it's just um it, it has to be crazy i mean there's obviously been middle eastern conflicts for years and the, we've, we've dealt with um similar war situations and uh but it's just it, it feels it feels a little um it just feels sad it just feels like right now is just like we are at a at a time in 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 the world where uh we are really testing like we're kind of regressing in so, so some ways of like, oh, we should be beyond this. But in reality, you also start to realize just how other countries, uh, maybe they haven't really progressed. They've been living uh, in the past for so long. And I'm sure you've kind of seen that with kind of the mentality that you see uh, with Putin and the power he's using and the might just to kind of submit uh, free people into into his will. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, that you know, you brought up so many different aspects in that of kind of what's wrong with, you know, where we're, where we're at in, in the world these days. And, you know, I think there, there is such a disparity. And, and this is something, you know, where I, you know, and I, I really, you know, do love the, you know, community that, you know, I am a part of and was a part of. Uh, for a while, but I always struggled with the, like the lag me and the, these sort of things, because that is, that is just, in my opinion, just so naive because I, I love the principle of it, but it's so far from the truth because, you know, while in, you know, we're very privileged in our access to what we're able to do and there's entire nations and parts of the world that are being left behind while certain first world uh, nations and people are, are, you know, they are going into Web3. And some of these people in, um, 
you know, in country, entire countries are, are, are kind of being put back into the stone age with, you know, so the, you know, the equity distribution is just completely out of balance. And, you know, I think that there is a lot of utility with, um, you know, what's happening in it with, you know, uh, web three and crypto and NFTs and all this, where we can actually be valuable to it. But I think that, you know, the, the sort of playbook that everyone kind of reads from in the community, you know, needs to get kind of updated and like a little bit more of a, a, a sense of reality. And maybe it's changed because I haven't been super active for the last couple months, but um, the, the reality, I think that most, you know, we're, we're a little bit in an echo chamber mm, and, definitely. You know, and, and, you know, and it's, you know, the amount of money that exchanges hands day to day on, on these, these things that are fairly superfluous in any real sense, uh, to, to anything, you know, like it, you know, $25 is a tourniquet that tourniquet could save, you know, that could be, that could mean another 50 years of life for somebody, you know? So I, I think I, I figured out the other day, Ethereum was at, uh, uh, $3,000 or something. And that's roughly like 130 tourniquets. Mm-hmm. That's 130, you know, that, and so that, that could potentially be like 600 years of life mm-hmm. that, you know, for like one Ethereum, that's 600, you know, like that's a lot of human potential. Um, and it's, it's, you know, so it's, it's just, it's such a, you know, part of my language, but it's such a mind fuck the amount of, you know, waste that sort of happens. And, uh, you know, and it's, you know, yeah. it, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm almost 40 years old. I, you know, I've, I donate regularly, but, you know, I've never done any significant donations or anything, you know, uh, you know, I give my $15 a month to a couple different Planned Parenthoods and I give my 15 to Amnesty and, you know, and I can get a little tax write off and whatnot, uh, you know, and there's been horrible conflicts or whatever, but I mean, it, it really does like open your eyes when you actually go and you're, you're like seeing it firsthand. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, like you said at the beginning of the, uh, the show, or I don't remember if it was the pre-show about how, you know, your friend was complaining about work and said it was silly, but for her, I mean that from her perspective, that's like what she's living in. That's her world. And like you said, it just completely, you, you, like you said, it's like a mind fuck when you go over into a war zone or just, uh, even, I mean, war zone is a, is more of an extreme example, but like you said, there's certain countries that have extreme um, income disparities and, and very high poverty rates and things like that, and, and similar situations where you see that. Uh, but in, in your case, very extreme, where there's like people are fighting for life and just um, because of this this autocracy uh, shithead. Uh, but what what I think is um, what I think is really fascinating is. Uh, like you said, like the power, like the fact that you can get on here and we can talk about this is, is something that's really, is actually really cool, um, that we can kind of be connecting in this way, even though you're on the other side of the world right now. Um, but I do imagine, like you said, like when you're in that situation, it's just, it makes you feel like nothing, nothing else really matters because you're seeing, you're seeing dead bodies and you're seeing, 
you're seeing things that you never uh, you didn't you were privileged not to have to look at and deal with every day. Yeah, I mean it. It certainly puts things into perspective, and you do get you know. I mean, whenever you know, I mean, I'm basically here as long as I feel that I'm being of value and that I'm able to in terms of, you know, I, I mean, I literally have nothing left. Uh, I have a, a little bit of crypto, but, you know, I think I had like one and a half Ethereum and essentially everything else I own in life has been liquidated and is in Ukrainian hands now. So I'm here as long as I'm funded and I would only accept funding if I felt I was being, uh, you know, that, that I was doing more good, you know, if it, if the math made sense and so far it continues to, because I, um, fortunately have found, a you know, some really effective ways to be, to be useful. And, you know, I know that when I, whenever this war ends and whenever my time here is over, you know, I have some huge problems waiting for me when I get back to like my real life, but that is a bridge I'll cross when I get to it. And it honestly, like, I couldn't care less because of like, you know, the first time you like bring a mom and her three kids over and their uh, babushka or their grandmother or whatever, you know, it's you, you, you know, like the scent, the, the, just watching the anxiety and the fear sort of dissipate as they cross, you know, you go through the Ukrainian border and then you have to, you know, you, you see that's a whole process. Then you have to go through the, the Polish customs on that border. And then once you cross that Polish one, like generally there's a lot of crying or like in, in a lot of cases, they just almost pass out because they've just been through so much hell. And I think that they don't think that they're actually going to make it out, especially the people coming from places like Mirapol and the, you know, the, the cities that have just been getting, you know, you know, shelled day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like that just removes any sense of like self from the equation. And you're just like, okay, I'll <laughs> like, if I lose my apartment in New York, so what? Like these people have lost family members. They're in like, you know, we talk about community and that you know, like, imagine if every day a third of the people in this space got killed or were missing. And like it, you know, it's just like, it, it really fucks up your sense of perspective. But I think in like kind of a good way, obviously I don't think everybody can, you know, like, you know, it's unrealistic to like, for everybody to toss up their life and come out to a conflict zone. But yeah, I, I don't actually recall where, <laughs> what the question was, at, at, you know, but. Um, no, I mean, I think yeah. um, just, just was talking about perspective and I think, I think, um, I think it is, it's, it, it is, I'm so, uh, it, it's great. I'm great. Grateful that you're there. It was also, uh, Obviously, you are doing some amazing things out there, and really appreciate you, um, especially because I know, I, I imagine, like you said, unless you you maybe had a friend that you know goes into war zones uh, for photography, but for someone that you know is it, it lives in New York and it's not like something you see every day, it's got it's it's also got to be a little bit of, of traumatizing to 
to see the the images that you probably have to see every day uh and and i know that um that really can change your perspective on on life because that's when when people have empathy it really changes um their their mindsets i think empathy is one of the biggest contributors to people's mind shift changes and i think um I think that's clear with probably anyone out there helping, even if you go out there for one reason to be a reporter, to think, you know, like I want to go and, and, and journal this, or you go out there and then you realize and you see it on CNN and some of these anchors too, just like, Hey, I got to put my microphone down and help because, because you, you know yeah. what, what the real importance is, is when you're out there. Yeah. I mean, and, in, in some cases, I think that's a genuine act. In other cases, there, you know, I've learned a lot kind of about war tourism, um, which is, uh, that's a term. I didn't know it was a term, but there is a lot of people that kind of come out and they take their selfie and kind of, you know, and this is why I don't, you know, claim to be, you know, like I'm not on the front lines. I'm, you know, I'm staying, uh, you know, part of what my meeting today was about was with someone who has a lot of experience in these uh, theaters. Um, and, you know, he's just a very experienced gentleman. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that because I can't say anything more about what he does. But he stressed the importance that I, um, you know, be smart about what I'm doing. They're supportive with what I'm doing. But it could be a big problem if American people get captured by Russians and are forced to be reading things on, you know, RT. And, you know, I hadn't, you know, considered that in terms of like a global ramification, but that that would be very problematic. And there's a lot of people that are out here and not thinking, you know, in that in that mindset and so you have to you know the, the you have to take it seriously and there are people that are trying to just go and get their selfie or you know do you know war tourism it's a you know i don't really know how to explain it but it is it is a thing it's a weird um, that's a weird thing to just want to go to see it and not i mean especially if you're there and then you still are okay with just taking a picture and leaving. It's like, what is wrong with you? This person's mind to think that that's a, like, that's a real, that's okay to do something like that without like helping or, or feeling like that yeah. empathy. Well, and, and the theater of it, of like, you know, I mean, you get used to the, you know, uh, bombs, you know, the air raid sirens going off and, you know, which is, you know, good and bad i guess but i've seen you know journalists on their broadcasts and they're in a i mean and of course you know these cities are kind of getting bombed now but they like they really over dramatize <laughs> um you know and it you know it's you know but i guess it's a part of their job in, in a sense numbers and stuff like that but um yeah it, it, it's a it's a it's a very strange world uh, in a, in in a war zone and on so many different levels. Do you have a laptop or internet connection out there? Is there um, opportunities for you to put out some sort of uh, collection of the photography that you've taken so far, or uh, like have you, have you figured out ways to possibly? I know you have. I was just looking uh, up. I know your dear mother collection because I'd looked at it prior to you 
going out there, but I was, uh, I don't see any price, like nothing's actually listed. Have you, uh, have you thought about listing some of the stuff so that you, you know, to, um, kind of acquire attention so people can support you out there and also, uh, have a piece to remember or think of you by something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, I have in, in terms of, um, like making an NFT, um, you know, yes. And I think I, I probably will at some point, but you know, whether that's when it's over or, uh, at another point, uh, I'm not, you know, I gotta figure that out. And that's partially why, like, I'm trying to use this time that I'm in Poland because I think I'll probably be more permanently relocating, uh, you know, into U- Ukraine where I still have internet connection. It's just, a, I, I, as soon as I'm over there, I'm very detached from anything other than what I'm doing there. Um, but you know, I have to stay somewhat connected, but the part of the problem is I, I really just haven't been shooting very much because I, there's a so much work to do and B a lot of what we're doing. There's, um, a lot of security risks involved. And I just also, I, I don't have the heart to like, really impose anything upon these people even though they like kind of want me to take their picture because they want people to know the truth and what's happening it it i i I do sort of feel that sense that i am taking something from them and they've had everything taken from them and i i don't you know so this most recent trip that we did um last week which you know took uh about four and a half days uh, you know, of travel, uh, back, you know, back and forth. Um, you know, I did do, I did document that is sort of, you know, I got to make sure that license plates aren't in and specific areas aren't, you know, like, and then also you, you know, I can't really, because I'm not an official, uh, accredited journalist, you know, I could essentially be put in jail, uh, if I'm photographing any like military, checkpoints or vehicles and things like that so there is also an inherent risk to taking photographs here if you're not uh officially supposed to be um so it's you know that i mean trickier um especially since i don't have the language but i do have sort of a post ready i haven't uh, you know, at least just for social media to like garner more attention and help with fundraising. But are you um, able to get ETH? Like if you, if, if you were to like sell a piece or NFT, um, are you able to convert ETH easily to, to help you on the ground there? Or what's the process like? (laughs) You know, the, the funny thing is, is I've never actually converted ETH to the best of my knowledge. So I assume it's, fairly simple and i think i see velcraft in these i mean it would be going to coinbase right like you have your coinbase set up and then can transfer money to your bank it would just go yeah yeah so then in that case yes it it would be um and that money from the bank like like your bank accounts in america you can easily get access in poland to to your money yeah yeah i mean you know and then you know i also am working with a bunch of polish people so like when we buy these vehicles this week i just paypal them the money and then they buy the vehicles so 
you know, we got a good system in place. And actually, you know, the, the, the first um, space that I got into the other night, right after I crossed the border, basically triggered a response from two really wonderful NFT, uh, you know, community friends, um, Trevor J. Photo and uh, Christopher Shin, who are both photographers as well. And uh, Trevor, you know, said, hey, man, you know, I have a new collection out. The, you know, I'm gonna the next one that sells. I'm gonna donate that to you. It sold. He donated that to me. That was uh, I think like 0.1 ETH, and then uh, uh, Chris then donated 0.25 ETH, and you know, like that was you know super generous. And you know, like the 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 thing I kind of try to impress upon people is that even the little you know, I go back to the tourniquet. $25 for a, you know, a quality tourniquet. And, uh, you know, that, that represents somebody potentially not dying. Mm. That's a huge, that's a huge donation. My mind is just turning while I'm talking to you because I see, I have, I have a little bit of an idea here because I think I could help you with this. You have your, uh, dear mother collection out, but you just don't have prices on it. I think if you list all of those, I think it's, Oh, did they get like delisted? Yeah, I think they're delisted, man. But if you list them all oh, okay. uh, for like 0. 0.05, I think that if you sold all 20, that would be one ETH. And uh, yeah. I know that would be a big deal. I'll tell you, if you if you were to list them, I'll buy two. I'm sure other people in the audience would buy some. But just to, to remember and be thinking, I actually looked at your collection before you went out and uh, had been kind of watching it because I like a lot of it. But I would actually love to support you and... Uh, and I think we could get a lot of other people to chip in if if you go and list all of that stuff tonight. Um, I'll post a link in the the collective, and I'm sure we can. Uh, I, I, I I I mean I can't promise we'll sell it out, but I think we could get pretty close to selling it out. Yeah, I would, I would, that would be amazing. I gotta hop on to OpenSea and do that. But yeah, and I've been you know the couple days that I've been back over the border this time I've been kind of brainstorming ideas of you know I, I actually hadn't even thought about dear mother I kind of forgot about it but um the you know because I've just been so focused on what I'm doing here but the um you know one of the the so the tourniquets that you use here um specifically what you want in a in in a combat environment uh, or a war environment is a cat tourniquet uh which stands for combat application tourniquet um and you know uh like you i am a gutter cat <laughs> um and I, I i've been watching you know very happily what's happened with you know the gutter cats and i don't really understand what's happening with all the the clone stuff because that has happened while i've been sort of unplugged and now i'm really unplugged um but i you know i thought that there was some fun sort of synergy between the gutter cats and cat tourniquets. And I don't know, I just felt like there was some possibility I could do something with like, you know, maybe I, you know, list my, my rat or my pigeon or something and put, or can auction it or, or something, but I just know how strong of a community that is. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I can't think of anything more gutter than, you know, forgive me if any spooky spies are listening, but, you know, helping to mess up these Russians, uh, I think that would be pretty, pretty gutter. 
to to help the Ukrainians beat these guys. Um, so you know, any ideas there or you know, but like the you know, there's there, there's a million and one different things that I think could be done. I think the the obviously relisting dear mother would be great. Uh, not something I can do very quickly, but I, I would love to you know tap into a community that I have been uh, you know that I've believed in since I got it got involved with it. Um, and you know I know that you you're linked into that, so maybe that's something we can brainstorm and talk about and yeah, yeah i don't have a whole lot of pull just with the team because i'm not on it but i can also oh i mean i'm happy to try to uh see if, what if i can bring it up to anyone um but yeah i mean i think i do think getting dear mother listed is something i feel like as a community uh we can definitely support and then we'll, yeah. we can continue to brainstorm i, I saw queen peach re- requested to come up and I, I wanted to see if she had any a question or a statement. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. I know that there's always a community corner. Um, but Michael, first of all, can I just say how how grateful and sort of also proud I am um, to see people like you who are so selfless enough to go <clears throat> and help out. I myself am Ukrainian. Um, I was born and raised in Europe, but you know, I. I've witnessed this entire ordeal for, I believe now it's more than a month. Um, I've seen my family crying over family members being located in Kiev and, you know, across Ukraine. I've seen my friends from Berlin driving vans with medical supplies and clothing through Poland all the way to the border and picking up people and bringing them um, back to Berlin where they can get housing and stuff like that. I, I see it. And I I get goosebumps just thinking that there are people out there like you who literally, you know, just packed up their bags and 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 are now helping. You know what I mean? It's 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 very humbling. And, you know, uh, for me as well. Um, one thing that I, I do want to kind of say is um, there's a lot of organizations, uh, especially local organizations that I'd love for you to kind of, I can connect you with them just because I know they're run by my friends, family, family friends who've been trying to help for the past month or so. And simultaneously, I am a part of, you know, a community of people that came together who want to organize an auction and, you know, want to auction off Ukrainian artist works. Um, And I'd love to kind of connect with you and see if maybe we can, have a proport like a portion of the proceeds go towards you and all the help that you're doing because we wanna we wanna bring the money that we're gonna be raising to people that actually help and to people that actually understand the current situation because a lot of those larger organizations are doing such a fantastic job but it takes such a long time you know from like a supply chain perspective to get the money where it actually needs to go. And I know that these people need help. I know these people need medical supply. They need food. They need water. Um, and I really want to help. So if there's any way we can connect later on, I'd, I'd love to do that. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, thank you for coming up and speaking. You know, uh, yes, uh, 100% uh, to everything, uh, you know. And I'm continually impressed with the amount of people, you know, that are driving, you know, from 
uh, all parts of Europe uh, day in, day out, bringing in supplies and bringing people out and helping to alleviate some of the, the pressure that Poland is feeling because it is bursting at the seams. And uh, it's invaluable, your friends driving from Berlin and taking them, uh, you know, people that are displaced in Europe because that is uh, really a problem. Uh, is Poland has taken on too much, but they're just a very generous people, it seems. Um, but yeah, we can, if you um, shoot me a, a DM, I'm going to follow you back right now. Um, you can, I'll text you my number and we can talk a little bit more specifically over, uh, you know, some details on Signal app, uh, which is a little bit safer. Um especially than an open forum on Twitter. But um, yeah, thank you for, for coming up. And yeah, there, there really are um, a lot of really wonderful small organizations and small teams uh, that like the one I've sort of been fortunate enough to find myself with that are, you know, they're, they're, they're agile and they don't have the overhead that larger organizations, I mean, you know, and the larger organizations have really done a, a, a great job and, you know, it takes time, but um, being able to respond quickly is is really invaluable. I think in in this sort of place. Um, but you know, it it you know you you need those larger organizations and you need the the scale that they bring. But uh, the ability to you know have somebody that I don't know who hears me you know, or sees a social media post to say, Hey, my grandmother needs a wheelchair. We're able to just go and get that done. Sure. That doesn't change the tide of the war, but it gets that person what they need and it, they wouldn't have gotten it otherwise. And it alleviates a lot of stress from their family members. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, small measured steps you can do a lot if you just take small measured steps every day i think and you know eventually we'll get through this i love it i think um i'm really excited that you stopped by also just queen peach i'm really glad that you came up here and that you were listening i mean just that alone is like huge and big enough reason i'm so glad we did this space because like you said it's just that's a beautiful thing about web3 people all over uh, the world are able to connect together. And then this is just a perfect scenario. We've got a room that's, you know, we're averaging like 15 or 16 people in here, but just uh, one person, the right person being in at the right time uh, can make a huge impact and difference. So thank you, Queen Peach, for, for being up here. Um, I know I was looking through, I know you had listed your Venmo at one point. I think um, that's, that's amazing. I know um, I, I, was having you had told me your ETH, you've got an ENS. Um, I think another thing is maybe in your whatever your pin tweet is, just uh, always having all of that information like right in front of people's faces if they go to your profile so they can remember. And um, something we can also do maybe if you put out a tweet right after this, just to let people know uh, the different areas where, where you could give don donations so it's easy to find you or easy to connect um, if people are or think of you and wanting to help out. Um, and like I said, if we list all of uh, Dear Mother, I think it's also beautiful just to be able to sell out your artwork um, and be able to get it going. And I think if we list it, you know, at a, a like 
like I said, like 0.05, because I look at them as duos, you want, I'd want to get a letter with the picture. Uh, I think we'll see a lot of people, all it takes 10 people then to sell it out. And I think that's something we could probably do within 24 hours. So let me know after you do that as well. But just brainstorming and thinking of different ways that we can make sure to continue to support you uh, and in what you're doing, um, because it's really important. And I think it just goes to show also the beauty of that uh, that personal Web3 connection, just being able to connect with people uh, and and be able to figure out what people need, like you said, and, and supporting and helping you then helps get that lady the wheelchair. And so it's just another little step um, to continue to help out. So also, I know one thing that I, you know, this show isn't as busy as, as most crazy about crypto shows are, which also goes to show like it's not something that's just fun to sit and listen to a war all the time or, you know, stories of struggles on the ground. But I also just want to thank everyone that came and uh, hung out and listened in Web3 real world. And uh, what's beautiful is that there's their souls in the Web3 space that are like you that are just wanting to continue um, to be thinking about humanity and, and what, what can be done um, and what you can do to continue to help the people on the ground there. So thank you for for everything you do. Is there any, if anyone else wants to come up, you can hit that request button, but otherwise, Michael, I'll let you kind of chat about the best ways to donate or support if anyone is, is wanting to do that. Yep. Uh, please, anybody who has questions or anything, please come up. But uh, in, in, in terms of the, so I, I think the, I mean, you know, for the you know next 24 hours, the Venmo is, is fine. But so one of the, uh, things that is, has been transpiring is that, you know, as this has, you know, really turned into my life and one of the people who was just a random, uh, you know, sort of donation for Ukraine page on Instagram that I connected with uh, in the first couple days of the war. Um, and we, you know, you, you spend a lot of time on, on your social media trying to find housing for people and stuff like that. And they, um, this this person who was based in Philadelphia, I didn't know who they were, but they were raising money and they were doing things and we were helping each other out. And the, the relationship just continued, uh, you know, where a lot of those you do one thing and help each other and then you just don't message each other again. Um, so long story short, uh, the, the, the woman who uh, is running that page, who is Ukrainian, but she lives in, in Philadelphia, uh, her and I, you know, have are now sort of officially putting together, turning her charity into an NGO so that we can uh, offer, you know, the tax exemption, you know, if it gets the approval, but, uh, you know, I, we believe it will. Um, so I'm gonna, we're going to start doing the funding through her uh, uh, fundraising platform. I think it's uh, spot fund, um, which I think is better than, you know, doing it through the Venmo, um, you know, because it, it's just a little bit more visible of what's happening. Um, and, you know, I also don't necessarily want all this money running through my personal bank account. But um, so in the I mean, that that I'll I'll have a link for that. Um, actually, I'll put that in, you know, a tweet after this or in, in my bio after this. Um, that is up and running. We're eventually going to have to sort of, uh, it's under the name Ukraine Thanks You. 
um, but we are going to kind of rebrand it as, um, uh, you know, something a little less specific uh, so that we can, you know, uh, you know, be doing this uh, in other places. Um, as you know, I, I sort of think that I found a calling for myself and she herself is, uh, you know, finishing her degree in psychology and, uh, you know, wants to, you know, help with dealing with the after effects of all of this. And there's going to be a lot of um, need for uh, people to have qualified people to talk to, to get through the trauma of all of this. So I will Aloha. have, yeah, yeah. And I think having the official, yeah, official link to where you, like you said, you don't have to have everything flowing through your bank and at the same time, uh, is like, uh, something that's trusted from the community that they can go look and see that it's, uh, that it's an organization. I think all that's so amazing. And I think it'll just continue to help your efforts, uh, sustain longer, uh, and be able to, to, to push you out there longer term, which, which I know is what you want. I mean, hopefully we won't need, but I'm sure uh, you realize this is, this conflict's not going away anytime soon. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, Bennett, I see you're up here. It's always good to have you up. Hey, I just wanted to first uh, thank you because I know you're in a lot of people's thoughts and prayers. Anybody that's helping those people that are dealing with that, we appreciate you so very much. And then my question really for you is just, do you get a sense that the people in Poland are nervous or, or scared that this could come to them as well or do you think it's just self-contained in ukraine what's the, what's kind of the feeling of people around there um well you know thank you for your, your your kind words and being here first of all and um yeah i mean th- th- there is a little bit of um nervousness i you know i've been um for you know the uh, i i've been fortunate to get a, a i found a very you know uh, nice people that run a hotel here in Krakow and they know what I'm doing. And so they really gave me a very nice deal so that I could have a place to kind of operate from and not spend a lot of money. And the, you know, men and women who, and mostly women who, who run the, you know, the hotel essentially and are at the front desk uh, have all kind of adopted me as their wayward son it seems. Um, and so I speak to them a lot whenever I'm here and they're usually telling me I need to sleep and drink water and eat food. The three things I never remember to do anymore. But, um, I was, you know, talking with them and one of them is very nervous. You know, she has family that's on the, you know, on the border and there is, I think, recently because there's been a number of attacks uh closer to the 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 polish border uh a few weeks ago um there was a military uh base that was hit that's about 15 miles from the polish border and you know that that was targeted at a base where foreign volunteers were staging um you know and i was you know staying in uh, the city of Lviv at the time when that happened, you know, which is very close. And then Lviv just got hit uh, the other night while we were there, which, you know, was a bummer. Um, and it's such a, a beautiful city. So I really hope that it, it does not continue to get hit. Um, and, but yeah, there is a little bit of attention these days. Um, it's not quite the same as the, 
tension that you feel when you're over on the other side of the border. But I think that there is a growing anxiety of it, but they're also prepared. And I think they're a very, I mean, Poland has a, a, you know, a very long, hard history of dealing with this sort of thing. So they're, um, they are, uh, not afraid, but I think they're just, they have a rough history. So I think they're ready for it, but they, they certainly don't want this to escalate uh, any more than it already has. It would be my, you know, sort of uneducated, uh, you know, guess as to the, the temperature of Poland. Good question, Bennett, and thanks for uh, always your you being in here and, and your kind words. All right, Michael, well, I'm going to close it out so you can do a couple of those things. I think the best things, like you said, I know you're just constantly on the go, but before you pass out tonight, um, you know, write that tweet or put in your bio the links uh, to give people a direct spot, and also please... Uh, before you do anything else, just go on and relist all of those NFTs. Um, and as soon as you do, please DM me so I can share that. Um, and I, and I think uh, we'll we're gonna at least be able to um, to find enough support, maybe even in this room, to sell it out. But I'll uh, I'll be fighting until it sells out, even if that means I buy all of them eventually. So uh, I'd love for you to do that because I think what you're doing is awesome and. And I think there's a lot of people that uh, just would love to support people that are on the ground out there trying to help. So thanks for all you're doing. Man, thank you for, you know, uh, I messaged uh, quite a few people and quite a few people uh, didn't respond. And uh, it, it was, you know, I didn't, I, I never had a, a sense that you would be one of those. And I'm glad that I was, uh, right about that. And I, so I'm very grateful for you taking the time and, and doing this. I know it's quite a departure from <laughs> the usual crazy Carl show. And uh, I think it speaks volumes of your character. And I also want to thank everyone that stayed and listened because, you know, it is not generally the, the um, cheeriest of, of topics, but it, uh, you know, the littlest bit goes a long way here. And that, you know, whether it's just sharing a link to another other organization or something I'm doing, you know, all, all the, the light we can shed people back home or wherever you are in the world that are staying engaged. And even if, you know, you're just staying educated, that is something that's, you know, so there's a lot of ways to, to, to participate and to help. So I'm very grateful for all of you. And I will uh, certainly post those things. And um, yeah. Thank you very awesome. much. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Michael, for coming on the show. Uh, we're going to go ahead and close this out. Thanks for everyone that came. Um, I'm going to continue to share those links, especially for those of you in this room. Uh, it always is funny because the people in this room are probably the ones going to be the most eager to jump on and help support or buy those NFTs or, or donate. And that just goes to show it's so important to constantly um, be kind of like you said, you can be curious about everything, um, but especially when there's people in in a community like the Web3 community doing really important things, uh, it, it kind of makes me sad that we didn't have a room of 100 people because that's what uh, this conversation really deserved. Um, but thank you, Michael, for everything you do and uh, continuing to to uh, fight for for 
the freedom of innocent people uh, and keep us posted. I know you will uh, with DMs and and posts with how you're doing. Um, and, And we'll talk to you soon. This has been another production of Gutter Cat Studios. All conversations with Crazy Carl are for educational purposes only. You should never take financial advice from a cat or anybody really, especially financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future and do your own research always. That's all for now. Until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse.